Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Katie Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. Well, happy Mother's Day, and I hope y'all enjoyed the foyer and all the special gifts and treats. Uh, you know what? We have some people in the background that just love to make things special for us. And didn't they do a good job? Yes, give them a hand. Sydney specifically, Sydney and Christy Rollins specifically, I want to shout out. They just love making events here special, and we love them being a part and making it special. So we wanted you to feel like a queen, a queen for the day, royalty. So there's chocolates, there's roses, there's a big, nice, fancy chair to, for you to sit in. Don't let your husband or your children sit in that. That is your special chair to take a picture and post. So we are excited for sure. Uh, but you know what? As I was thinking of today and wanting to treat moms just like royalty, I really wanted to, uh, just was thinking about the fact that when I grew up, the royal family was a big deal. Princess Diana was like front and center and she was super special and the whole world was watching her. She was stylish. She was down to earth. You know, she was, um, you know, a more involved mom than any of the other royals had been. And so here she was, this big figure. uh, And of course, there was scandal. There was divorce. And then eventually, you know, her tragic passing. And so the royal family kind of got, you know, mixed into the background. People didn't really want to talk about them or pay attention to them for a while because Princess Diana had passed. And so here in this last couple years, we've seen a resurgence of fame for the royal family because Princess Diana's children are now old enough to take on their titles and their royalty. So you may have been one of the 23 million viewers watching William and Kate's wedding, or maybe one of the 18 million viewers watching Harry and Meghan's wedding. But last week, <laughs> last week, uh, the, um, uh, the, it, his title is the Earl of Dumbarton. And Archie was born to Meghan and Harry. Uh, And so now we have a new royal in the family. And my social media was being, you know, blasted by all of the news of the new baby and what does the baby look like and what is Harry and Meghan going to be like as parents. And it's kind of fun to watch and live vicariously through royalty. And that's exactly what we do. Psychiatrists have actually studied the reason why we are enamored by kings and queens and princes and princesses. And you may have been one of those children that, you know, you may not have played princess and prince when you were little, but you may have. I remember my mother-in-law telling me a story of my husband winning an award at the swimming pool and getting his picture in the newspaper. You know, there was the first place, second place, third place stand, and he had declared to the community that he was the king of the swimming pool. And so, it's something inside of us as a child to want to be king, to want to be queen. And so, I know for, you know, my friends as they were teaching their little kids, their little children, um, you know, baby Einstein, I was teaching Hallie all the princesses' names in Disney, and by the time she was two, she could recognize and name all the princesses, Uh, you know, the important things first. Uh, But she, (laughs) my children have loved the Disney princesses, etc. I remember growing up uh, making my list of names of children, you know how you dream of what you're going to name your children? Well, every single one of my names was all girls, and they were all Disney princesses' names. And of course, that list was long. I I planned on having a lot of children (laughs) and all of them being girls. But um, either way, we are enamored. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, don't ha- I don't plan on having any more girls. <laughs> but either way, we are enamored by royalty. And the reason why is we have this dream of this life, no bills to be paid, no toilets to be scrubbed, no laundry to be done, no lawns to be mowed. What would it be like to just be given everything and not have to do any work? You know, that sounds pretty exciting. And so here we do, we, we th- fantasize about this perfect family that seems like they have it all together. You know, like the legacies have gone from years to years to years. Inheritance has been passed from years to years to years. And so we are looking at them thinking, wow, wouldn't it be nice? You know what? I grew up in the South. Uh, I was raised in Texarkana with a mom from Birmingham, Alabama, and a dad from Durango, Colorado. So the likelihood of me having any royalty blood in me is very slim. But (laughs) I still believe the South's version of royalty and passing on legacy and inheritance is my mama always said. Because my mama always said school makes you rich, okay? So that's almost like the gospel truth. So I don't know if you remember watching Princess Diaries, the trilogy. Isn't it a trilogy? And my kids love it, and I used to love it. And she had to learn how to be a princess because she wasn't raised in the castle. She had to go to school to learn how to talk and walk, etc. Because royals have to learn things more than us at public school, right? They have to learn how to be royalty. So here in the South, we have to learn some common sense from my mama always said because public school doesn't teach you that. Okay, so we have to learn the old wives' tales. We have to learn, you know, (laughs) how to act at the dinner table, the proper etiquette, the what to say, what not to say, partly due to the fact that your mother loves you so much and partly due to the fact that, please do not embarrass me. (laughs) Please do not act like this way in public and please don't go to someone else's house and act this way. I remember for me at my table, oftentimes my kids will do things that I really don't mind, but I'm like, okay, but when you go to someone else's house, please do not do that. (laughs) When you go sit at someone else's table, please, uh, if you love me, please don't say that Uh, because you're just begging them to please act right. Um, But one of the things that I think that it's important is that all of us have an inheritance, whether it be common sense, whether it be um, money, whether it be things or whatever, we're all reaping an inheritance from our family. And so whether you have a family or not, we've had something passed down. You know, but last week, Stephen alluded to the fact that we are sons of God. And so I want to kind of just entertain that a little bit. Galatians 4, 7 says, Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son, a daughter. And if a son or a daughter, then an heir through God. And so the awesome thing is, is you could have spent your whole life searching or your whole life displaced or your whole life feeling homeless. But the minute you meet Jesus, God the Father adopts you into his family and you now have a spiritual inheritance through God's family. But oftentimes we as Christians, what we'll do is we'll live And we'll, let's say, we'll think and we'll say and we'll do things that as if we don't have an inheritance. It's like we don't access the inheritance we have in God because we still act like an orphan. You know, that's what the children of Israel did. And Stephen talked about this last week is that they were in the wilderness and they spent the time in the wilderness learning how to be a child of God. Because all they knew was being a slave. 
And so we, we may, I don't know how many years you, you may have spent in the world or maybe uh, not following God. Maybe you're in this room and you're checking God out and you haven't made that decision yet. But the bottom line is as soon as you make the decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life and, no lo- and surrender your life. So that means I don't run my life. I'm not necessarily the boss of my life. I'm surrendering my way to God's way, as soon as we make that decision, we become a part of the family of God and the inheritance that God has given us is accessible to us. And so that's what one of the things that I want to talk about today. You know, you can't go past a magazine stand at the store or search the web and for blogs without somebody telling you to take this to look young, do this to be rich, Go here to have peace. Today I got an e-card from a mom of a beach. And, of course, e-cards have motion. So you see the waves. And, uh, of course, it said Happy Mother's Day. And I thought, man, if I was there, I would really be at peace, right? By the waves. But ultimately, all those things are fine and good. But the world is always screaming at us substitutes for what God provides. He's, uh, they're always trying to find what there's no way to find apart from God. And so today, I want to talk a little bit about one of the parts of our inheritance that God wants us to walk in. So Proverbs 3, 13 through 26, talks a little bit about our inheritance. So it says, How blessed is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. For her profit is better than the profit of silver, and her gain better than fine gold. I missed my place. I guess I should just follow this. She is more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire compares with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. And I just want to stop there for a minute because it says long life is in her right hand. And there are types and shadows in the Old Testament, all throughout the Old Testament, because the whole Bible is about Jesus. And so what we know about Jesus is the fact that he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. And so when we see the right hand in the Old Testament, we know it is referring to Jesus. And so Jesus died and rose again to give us eternal life. There's no longer life than eternal. So right now it says, and nothing you desire compares with her long life. Jesus is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her and happier all who hold her fast. Everybody say happy. The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps were broken up and the skies drip with dew. My son, let them not vanish from your sight. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so they will be life to your soul and adornment to your neck. Then you will walk in your way securely and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. There's no fear. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side and will keep your foot from being snared. You know, this is one of my favorite promises in the scripture because what it is showing us is that the rain does fall on the just and the unjust and we all live in a fallen world and there are good days and there are bad days. But when we are a child of God, we have access to the inheritance and wisdom of God so that we can walk through whatever comes our way and still not be harmed and still not be afraid and still have peace and still be prosperous because the prosperity that the Bible talks about is deeper than our surface prosperity. We look at 
your family looks nice, you have money in the bank, you have a good job, look at your house, you seem healthy, and that's prosperous. But see, the, the prosperity that the Bible is talking about is mind, body, and soul. And so, yes, physical things that, are pros- pro- that represent prosperity are great. But if you don't have prosperity in your soul, that means nothing. You can't enjoy the prosperity on this earth that's physical if we don't have prosperity in our, in our inheritance as a child of God. You know, so it's crazy because the, the Bible is talking about the things that we seek. We seek happiness. We seek riches. We seek honor. And the thing is, is the fact that God put that search inside of us because he knew that he was the one who could provide that. And if we would seek the right place, we would seek him, we would find those things that we all long for. And we would understand that it's deeper than the surface things. You know, 1 Corinthians 1.25 talks about the wisdom of God. Because God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom. And God's weakness is stronger than human strength. It's like the wisest thing that you can think of on this earth is the least wise in God's wisdom. That's how wise he is. That's how great he is. And oftentimes what we do is we spend time praying for the result of wisdom, but we don't pray for wisdom itself. And the thing is, is the fact that one of the biggest revelations that we have to have is that everything is found in Christ. So it's not just we find life and joy and peace and truth and wisdom in Christ. It is the fact that we are heirs to who he is. He is love, he is truth, he is life, he is wisdom. That's who he is. And we inherit him. We inherit a relationship with him. So that means all of his wisdom that created the world and created you is accessible to you. That means all of the love that he has for people is accessible to you. So that person that is hard to love When we are full of God and his love, we are able to love. When we do not know what to do in a situation, when we are full of God, we are full of his wisdom, and we walk in his wisdom and confidence, knowing that I couldn't have made this up myself. I couldn't have done this myself. I don't know enough. I didn't go to school long enough. I don't have enough experience to walk in the wisdom that God provides when we have a relationship with him. You know, one of the things about wisdom is it does go beyond our degree. It does go beyond our experience. It does go beyond our background. It does go beyond what your mama always said. It goes beyond that. And that is what we all have to access because we're living short of all God's inheritance if we're living on old wives' tales. We have to understand that there is the word of God, which is life, life to us. You know, where do we begin when we seek wisdom? You know, in the Proverbs 3, it talked about the fact that we cling to wisdom. We're looking for wisdom. We want to find wisdom. So where do we begin? Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. And then Matthew 7.24 talks about, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So yes, the fear of the Lord is honor to God, is reverence to God. We understand when we come into a relationship with him, we surrender our will to his. So that is a a, a picture of fearing God. The first step in fearing God is to make Jesus the Lord of our lives. That's the first step of wisdom. 
But that's not the last step of wisdom. Because one of the things that I believe the man who built his house, his life, on the rock, believed and knew, was he was afraid of building his house on the sand. He knew the winds were going to come. He knew the rains were going to come. He knew the storm was going to come on the wise and the unwise. But the the difference was, is he understood that if he built it on the sand, it was going to fall. And he was afraid of that. There was a fear, a healthy fear. And then here he built his house on the rock because he feared God. He wanted to be close to God because he hated being far away from God. You know, one of the things that I have experienced in my own life, I have been in those moments where I felt far away from God. I've been in those moments where I've sought other things, thinking it was going to provide something for me, provide joy, provide peace, provide security for me. But it left me lacking. It left me bound. It left me a slave. And so I'm so afraid of going back there that I want to stay as close to God as possible because that is the only place I find true peace and freedom and joy. And so there is a healthy fear of what happens when we seek other things other than God. You know, um, the one other thing is, is the fact that God gave us a direction on how to get wisdom. Not only did he tell us the beginning of wisdom, but he also told us, how to get it. He doesn't leave us questioning what to do. Now, we may be in a situation wondering what to do, but God is faithful in his word to guide us and instruct us on what to do in our situation. So the first way to get wisdom is to ask God. In James, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. That's super simple. It says, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. So we see here that wisdom and faith go hand in hand. So when I ask for wisdom, I have to step out in faith in what he tells me and obey it, because I'm believing that what he said is the right thing to do. I understand that when I seek him, He will give me the wisdom, and then I step in faith, knowing that his way works every time, every single time. So during this month, we are, you know, intentionally connecting with the Lord during May We Pray. And one of the things that we just learned is that to be able to get wisdom is we have to spend time in prayer asking him specifically for wisdom. So this week and this month, I am praying that our church, the house, is able to walk in more wisdom because they understand where to get it. So when they've spent time in prayer and they ask God for his insight, they receive it and they start seeing it work in their life through prayer. You know, I know that oftentimes convenience, pride, doubt, busyness keeps us from accessing our inheritance. It keeps us from prayer. It keeps us from asking God because we've got it. We've got it under control. We're just trying to keep our head above water, but we have to stop and say, God, I know my best to keep my head above water is nothing compared to your wisdom. And so I stop knowing that I'm not, I don't know enough and I need your direction. You know, when I was a young mom and uh, really at the home a lot with babies, 
I remember there was a season of life where like my dishwasher had broken and my baby was crying and not sleeping through the night and um, my house was a mess and I was just trying to figure out how I was going to do it all. And I remember reading in the word this scripture and it's now one of my favorites, but it says Jeremiah 10, 21. It says, the shepherds are senseless or stupid in some versions and do not inquire of the Lord. So they do not prosper and all their flock is scattered. And one of the things that stood out to me in this verse is what I really felt like the Lord showed me in that moment was all the, the housewives have not inquired of the Lord what to do. Like I was in a moment that I felt was very unspiritual. I don't know why God would help me figure out how to, you know, not be overwhelmed or how to live sleep deprived and still win. Uh, but <laughs> I think that what happened is I understood that this scripture, the shepherds were a normal occupation. It was just an everyday job that just seemed mindless. And what they were doing was they were relying on their own knowledge, their own experience. And what was happening is was their sheep was all scattering. And so what I love is that we can all be there. I don't know about you. Have, which, just think about your old, favorite old wives' tale. You know, one of my favorite ones is if you go to bed with your head wet, you'll catch a cold. Okay, guess what? That's not true. <laughs> The cold is a virus, and if you don't, or if you're not around that virus, you're not going to catch it. You don't catch it with a, a, a cold or wet head. You know, if you pull out a gray hair, and two more will appear in its place. Well, guess what? That's not true. If you pull out one hair, it doesn't bother the other hair follicle. You're not going to get more hair if you pull out one. Um, you know, if your ears are ringing, then somebody is talking about you. Okay, anybody hear that one? Okay, so obviously that's false. That's called ten tinnitus. Uh, <laughs> it's an underlying problem of many other uh, more serious medical conditions. <laughs> it doesn't mean someone's talking to you or talking about you. Um, you know, heartburn in pregnancy means you're going to have a hairy baby. Uh, surprisingly, there's studies that actually prove that to be true. <laughs> And I will say, I had a lot of heartburn with Trevor, and he had the most hair of all of my kids. Um, but, you know, and <laughs> so um, foods, this is a big one, because my mom is like the Nazi of food poisoning. So um, my whole life, I got, like, everything was super scary on the, uh, around food, because she just didn't want anybody to get food poisoning. Um, we weren't allowed to eat cookie dough, because you could get botulism. Like, I heard these things all my life. So... I'm not saying that's bad. I'm glad I actually know some of this stuff. It's made me healthier and probably kept me from food poisoning. But this is one that I heard my whole life. Foods containing mayonnaise spoil faster. I remember my mom would not eat devil eggs at potlucks because they have mayonnaise in them and they spoil. Uh, but actually, and this is a new one I learned, it's false. It is, mayonnaise, it is acidic. And the low pH actually keeps bacteria away. <laughs> So it's probably safe for you to go ahead and eat that deviled egg. Um, so, um, okay, this one's a good one. Not so sweet dreams are made of cheese. Okay, there have been studies that say that cheese does cause you to have weird dreams. <laughs> <laughs> which is so random. But the thing is with old wives' tales is sometimes they're true and sometimes they're false. 
Sometimes they're just passed on from generation to generation. And so here's the deal, is what we do is we rely on what we know because generation after generation has passed this knowledge down. And here were the shepherds in Israel and Jeremiah, what was happening was is the shepherds were doing what they always did. The shepherds were following all their dad's advice. The shepherds were always following the old wives' tales of shepherding. And what happened is Israel was in disarray and the flocks were scattered and it affected the whole nation because they weren't willing to incline of the Lord what to do. And so we can rely on old wives' tales. We can rely on what our mama always said. We can rely on reading, writing, and arithmetic. Or we can ask God for wisdom and ask, what do I do with my flocks? You know, in your everyday job, whether you're a student, whether you're a housewife, whether you are a businessman, whether you are, I don't know what job you have, but I want you to understand that God has wisdom for your occupation in everyday life. In the Old Testament, it continued to refer to specific people, craftsmen, builders, warriors, that God would fill with his spirit and fill with wisdom to do what their job was. And so whatever job you have, you can be anointed to do it, anointed by God to do it and be God's presence there in your workplace. You know, um, next thing would be is to get wisdom, we have to seek wise advice. The word clearly says that, that we lack, if we lack counsel, our plans will fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. And one of the things that I love about our church is all the life groups that we have. We have life groups full of people that all have spiritual gifts that edify the body of Christ. And one of the spiritual gifts that the word talks about is the gift of wisdom. And that gift is in specific people. Even though we have access to all God's wisdom, every believer does, we also have people who have gifts of wisdom. And when we are in life group, we're able to be edified by the different spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. So here we are, we go, to, we go to life group, and we're about to make a terrible decision because we feel like saying this to our husband, or we feel like quitting our job, or we feel like, and somebody says, don't do what you feel like. Do what the Word of God says. And that changes the path that your whole life takes because we seek wise counsel. I remember being in a situation, being on staff at uh, the church we were at staff, at for such a long time and we had a I had a conflict with someone on staff and I remember I felt I, they didn't know that I felt this way but they had done something that really offended me and I was very upset about and I felt very disrespected and I remember what I wanted to do was just get mad harbor bitterness and not say anything to them <laughs> because I'm not very confrontational but what happened was is I sought wisdom and Stephen and then another pastor on staff talked to me and was like listen this happened because they don't respect you and if you don't talk to them they will never respect you and so even though I did not feel like it I sought wisdom wise counsel and I went to that person and talked about it and from that point on we enjoyed a mutual respect between each other that we would have never had if I would have done what I felt like okay so we have to bring in other voices to give us more perspective because God can speak through people we don't need more opinions but we do need more people encouraging us with the word of God because the word of God makes the wise simple that's what the Bible says makes stupid people wise 
That's what it means. So the word of God is better than any worldly wisdom. You know, the bottom line is the world would say, given a tenth of your first and best of your money does not make you richer. Tithing does not make you richer. But see, the word of God says, if you tithe, I'll bless you. The world says, don't listen to your husband. Do whatever you want to do. But the word says, submit to your husband. The world says, don't give your wife your whole heart because she'll just hurt you. But the word says, love your wife as Christ did the church. Okay, so the world says, get your own and get more. Get as much as you can because nobody's going to give you anything. But the Bible says, take up your cross daily, deny yourself and follow me. The world says, get them back. If they do you wrong, get them back. The word says, pray for your enemy. Love your enemy. I don't know what to tell you other than it seems foolish to worldly wisdom. But we understand that we're not living on this earth for the world's reward. We're living on this earth for the inheritance we have as a child of God that is eternal. It is eternal. It matters what we choose to do, whether we listen to the world's wisdom or God's wisdom. So the next thing would be is the position of wisdom is humility. And the Bible talks about that with humility comes wisdom. And the bottom line is we've all been in this situation where we feel like we know everything. We've all been in the situation where we feel like we've tried everything. We've all been in the situation where we feel like we've got it. But ultimately, we cannot be blessed until we say, God, I don't have it, and I don't know everything, and I do need your help, and I do need your wisdom. That is the only way it works. James 3.17 talks about wisdom from God. And it said, it is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. So this is a different kind of wisdom than the world talks about. This is humility in action. So when you feel like you're going to someone that's giving you wisdom, you can know if it's God's wisdom if it follows this. You can know if you go to time with your time with the Lord and you're spending time with God and you feel like a scripture comes out telling you what to do next, you can know that this is wisdom. When you hear God's voice and you think, you know what, I believe I'm supposed to do, you can know if it's God's wisdom, if it is pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, impartial, and sincere, you can know that. Before you go to someone, you can check your heart and make sure that it's right before you go to them. You can check. It doesn't mean that what you're going to say to them is wrong, but your heart has to be right for it to be in wisdom. It's very important for us to understand what the heavens, heaven's wisdom looks like. So why should we want wisdom? There is a reward when you find wisdom. You know, the Bible talks about, Proverbs 24 says, it is sweet like honey. If you find it, you will have a future and your hope will not be cut off. And the thing is, is so many times our feelings want us to isolate ourselves. It wants us to end it all. It wants us to quit. It wants us to run away. But see here, wisdom says, if you find wisdom, you'll have a hope and a future. 
You will understand that you want to isolate yourself, but that's not a hope in a future. You want to run away, but that's not a hope in a future. You want to give up, but that's not hope in a future. So you know that that's not wisdom. That's not wisdom from God. Wisdom from God gives you a hope in a future. You know, it also says in Hebrews that he rewards those who diligently seek him. And we understand that he is the creator of the universe, and there is no one more wise than him. And so if we want to walk in wisdom, we have to seek the one who is wise. And we have to submit all of the things that we think are good ideas and say, your idea is the best idea, God. You know, when I think about earnestly seeking or finding something, I think of the movie National Treasure. I loved that movie because, let's say, in an hour and a half, they search for treasure and find it. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> you know, I think that it was really fun and exciting. And I like to watch movies that ha- like end in happy endings because if I'm going to entertain myself, I really don't want to cry. <laughs> so I want everything to work out in the end. Okay, so here's the national treasure, and it's like a fictitious story. But, you know, as I was researching for this, I looked into this real story about Mel Foster. And he, uh, uh, Mel Fisher, excuse me, he actually searched for 15 years the Nuestra Señora de Otosha. It was a Spanish vessel that sank to the ocean floor in 1622. The ship had been headed back to Spain and was carrying an impressive treasure of various pieces, including gold bars. The wreckage was found in 1985, worth $450 million. He was able to keep 75% of that. But he searched for 15 years. And I have to think about the fact that for 15 years, everybody thought he was crazy. (laughs) For 15 years, his mama was like, what are you doing with your life? (laughs) For 15 years... He was searching for something he knew was there, and he probably, he was a scuba diver, and he dived and dived and dived and dived, and every time was an opportunity for him to quit. But what happened was every time that he dived, he learned that that was not where it was. And he continued for 15 years when everybody thought it wasn't the right thing to do. And in 15 years... He proved everybody round, wrong, and he, made his, he found his treasure. It all was worth it. And I remember just even the last year that I talked about, the last time I spoke here at the church about how hard it had been for our family and how we had to trust God through the hard times. We had to walk in faith even when it was really, really hard. And I know some of y'all may be in that season that it's really hard right now, and you're having to walk out your faith. And one of the things that I want to encourage you with is the fact that this is just a season, and you are not wasting your time being faithful. Because being faithful in the little, you will be ruler over much. Now, my family is coming into a new season of blessing, and we're about to sign on a house on Friday. Close. And I'm super excited because this is a big journey. <laughs> This is a big journey, and we were talking to Jason and Sarah in the neighborhood, our new neighbors, um, you know, this week, and we were talking about the fact that you can't really enjoy the blessing if you haven't experienced the hardship and been faithful through those seasons, and it's hard to be faithful with the reward and the blessing if you don't understand being faithful through the times that you didn't see it. 
And so Mel Foster had 15 years of being faithful to look, and when he found it, it was all worth it. So your walk of faith and your walk of wisdom is going to be worth it. You're going to look back and see wisdom, God's wisdom, blessed my life. It worked in my life. The Proverbs 3 kind of wisdom blessed my life. It left me prosperous. It left my children's children prosperous. You know, in conclusion, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about the fact that 1 Corinthians 2 says we have the mind of Christ. And I really believe that I'm supposed to tell you that, that you have the mind of Christ. That's what God gives you. And so the thing is, is the fact that we become and are like who we spend the most time with. You know, my son, if you're around him any, you will see his father. If you're around my daughter any, you will see her mother. And I have four children, but all the first two are really, really like us. <laughs> and so Trevor this week was just dreaming and talking about all these ideas he has and all the entrepreneurial ideas. And I've talked about his entrepreneurial uh, spirit before. But he loves to dream of ideas of how to make money and how to start businesses and what. And he is so fun to listen to because he has a lot of good ones and he's very passionate about them. And if you know his dad, that's exactly how he is. <laughs> He will uh, convince you that we need to do it right now today. <laughs> this is the time to invest, Mom. This is the time to do it. Um, so the thing is, is the fact that Trevor is the way he is because he spends so much time with his dad. You know, I this month of May We Pray, we're intentionally connecting with the Lord because we all would say we want to be like Christ. We want to be like him. We want to have the mind of Christ. We want to have his wisdom. We want to be blessed. We want to have influence. We want to make the right decisions. But see, we have to be able to spend time with him to get his heart, to get his mind, to be full of his spirit, to be full of wisdom. You know, in the Old Testament, every time it talked about someone being full of the spirit, it talked about full of wisdom as well. So wisdom is something that is accessible to you. You deserve, because of Jesus, not because of your good works, you deserve the inheritance God gives for you. Don't live one more day as an orphan. Live with open arms, receiving what God has given to you. You know, I believe that today there is someone here that's thinking, you know what, I haven't made the decision to be a part of the family of God. Or maybe I used to be a part of the family of God, and I've just simply ran away. But today is my day to come back to the family of God or to enter the family of God for the first time and to access this inheritance that we've been talking about. You may be facing a decision that you just don't know what to do. And I believe that you're here on purpose, not by accident, because God wants to say, I have wisdom in store for you if you will surrender your life to me. You know, there may be somebody here that is in the family of God. And I believe that that part where it says that he gives us a hope and a future through wisdom, I believe there may be someone in here that feels like there's no hope. 
Maybe you've thought of suicide or thought of ending it all or quitting it all or divorcing. But I believe today that the Lord brought you here on purpose to say, my wisdom is accessible to you and I have a hope and a future for you. And even when you feel like quitting, if you will walk in my wisdom, I will bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.